Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn to Psalm chapter 61? Psalm chapter 61. I'll not be continuing on with the series that we started last week uh, concerning the Holy Ghost in the last days. Uh, just this morning, very early, just in the middle of the night, I was wakened, I believe, by the Lord, and the Lord impressed upon me just a message to bring this morning. And I believe this is off the Lord for somebody, and I believe that the Lord will minister to hearts through his word this morning, and it just came very quickly, uh, just in the middle of the night, and I got up and I knew the Lord was speaking, and so I just want to allow him to have his way this morning in someone's heart in this room, and somebody needs to hear this word, and we'll pray the Lord will undertake. So Father, this morning, we just ask that you would minister, Lord, you know every heart in this room, and every life, and every individual, Lord, you know every circumstance, and Lord, you hear every cry. And so, Lord, this morning we pray as we turn to your word. I pray for your anointing to be upon it. And, Lord, that you would minister and speak into lives today, that you would bring a mighty victory, Lord. Lord, that you would drive back the darkness from lives in their minds and in their hearts. Lord, that you are the glory and you are the lifter of our heads. And, Lord, would you minister into this body today by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm chapter 61, if you'd stand with me this morning, and we'll read the Word of God together. Psalm chapter 61, a psalm of David. Let us all audibly read it together. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. Where my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. For thou, O God, hast heard my voice. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Thou wilt prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. So will I sing unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. You may take your seats. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his word. This is the psalm of David, of course, and the Bible is such an open book and such an honest book about the life of David. The Bible tells us that the Lord took David out of the sheepcote and from following after the sheep and in the providential purposes of God and hand of God upon his life, God made him to be ruler over his people Israel. His whole life is basically an open book for us to read. The mighty victories that he had. The Psalms are filled with a heart that often cries unto the Lord. In desperation also, there's times where there's great praise and great victory. And great desires are revealed in the life of David. And it's all there for us to read. It's an open book. The Bible tells us the Lord, speaking of him, that God raised up David to be their king because he had found a man, David, the son of Jesse. He was a man after mine own heart that will fulfill my will. That was the mark of his life. His life really was, he was after the heart of God. The Bible tells us of David in Psalm chapter 89. The Lord speaking, I have found David my servant. 
Verse 20, it says, With my holy oil I have anointed him, with whom my hand shall be established, mine arm also shall strengthen him. And it says in verse 22, that the enemy shall not exact upon him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. And I will beat down his foes before his face, and plague them that hate him. It says of his life, but my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him. And in my name shall his horn be exalted. That in that life that God had chosen and purposed and called out of that sheepfold as a young boy, God's mercy and God's faithfulness would never leave him. All the days of his life, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And in this psalm, there's a very powerful prayer. It's a prayer, it's a cry really from the depths of his heart. This was a man that was found himself. He was the anointed of God. He was, he was chosen of God, but he found himself in a very difficult place. The anointing, of course, of God upon our lives to fulfill the will of God does not exempt us from trials. It doesn't exempt us from disappointments. It doesn't exempt us from attacks from the enemy or discouragements. The anointing and the desire to be after the heart of God with that will come trials. With that will come sometimes great discouragements. And there'll be times when we'll feel the heaviness or the attack of the enemy that will come in even like a flood. But remember what the Bible says. The Lord said, my faithfulness and my mercy will be with you. This is a very potent prayer in Psalm chapter 61. It's very personal. It's very intimate. And it's a prayer because it tells us it's a cry. And he says, hear my cry. He didn't say hear their cry or hear our cry. It was so individual. There's a, a heart or a life, I believe this morning, that's in this room and there's, there's a personal cry. It's a cry that goes up and it says, Lord, hear my cry. Hear my cry. Attend to my prayer. It was so individual. It was so personal, this communion that he had with God. That, that cry or that prayer is the prayer of intercession. It was a cry. It was a deep cry. There was nearly like a groan in his prayer. The intensity was so great. The, the opposition was so severe. The circumstance that he found himself in was so intense. There was such a blackness over his mind and over his heart. I'll show you that in a minute. But out of that came a cry unto the Lord. Lord, hear me. Hear my cry. Lord, tend unto my prayer. What caused this great cry of intercession, we're not sure. But in his life, David often experienced very some distressing things that took place. And often, and we see in his life, it just brought him to the place because he was after the heart of God. It just brought him to the place where he would throw himself at the mercy of God. He was so weak, he was so troubled, he was so pressed in, he was so often hounded by the enemy that he had nothing else to do but just throw himself at the mercy of God. And he'd say, God, hear my cry. Lord, attend to my prayer. Hear me, Lord, in the depths of where I am. I'm calling out to you, Lord. Are you there? Will you hear me? And what caused this time of great intercession? Most believe it was the time when there was a strong conspiracy that was against him. The Bible tells us of it when 
Absalom, his son, had brought together a great number of men that would rise up against David to take the throne. And it seems that everything is against him. It seems that all has broken down. And we find and see him in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, as he's leaving Jerusalem. That was significant for David. That's where the sanctuary was. That's where the presence of the Lord was. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was. That was his desire. And now he's leaving Jerusalem. And everything is against him. And it says that all the country wept with a loud voice and all the people passed over. And the king himself passed over. And that's David, the brook. Kindred and the people passed over and now they're traveling towards the way of the wilderness. And they say that this was the time that David in his distress and in his, in the opposition and in the, and in the pursuit of David, this is the time when he begins to cry out to the Lord, Lord, would you hear my cry? From the ends of the earth, that's not just anywhere in the earth. Everything in his life was measured from Jerusalem where the sanctuary was, where the presence of the Lord was. So as he's driving, being driven out into the wilderness, he knows that the presence of God is in that sanctuary. And now he's beginning to cry with a loud voice and he's beginning to weep and he's beginning to say, Lord, hear my cry. Lord, I need you. Lord, I'm, I'm being driven here by everything that's happening in my life. But the most important thing to me is your presence. I need you, God. I need your presence with me, Lord. I cannot go through this without you. I need the presence of the Lord. Hear my cry, O Lord, and tend unto my prayer from the end of the earth while I cry unto thee. Because David, and I believe Patricia prayed it this morning, it says of him that there was one thing that he desired. He was a man of one thing. He desired the presence of the Lord. In Psalm 27 and verse 3, he said, Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. We live in a country that's filled with fear. But believers, we don't fear. Though a host is encamped against me, my heart will not fear. Though war should rise up against me, in this, then this will I be confident. One thing I've desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me upon the rock. And here He's being driven out into a place called a wilderness. A dry place, a barren place. We see a betrayal of his own and we see him going with a heavy heart and the people are going with him and some was suggesting that they should bring the ark with them and he says, leave the ark. I'll put my trust in the Lord. I'll trust Him. But I'll go, but I'll long and I'll cry unto the Lord. Lord, hear my cry from the ends of the earth. Bring me back again into Your presence. You see, some this morning in this room, friends, and I can only share what the Lord has put in my heart, but some in this room, you've been so distant from the Lord for so long. You're, you've been out in that wilderness place for so long. You haven't walked with the Lord for such a long period of time. Everything is distant. He's there. He's faithful. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you, but you haven't been walking with Him. 
and, and you desire in your heart somehow to get back. How do I get back to that place of communion, of knowing the joy of sins forgiven, to rejoice in the presence of the Lord? There's nothing like His presence. There's nothing like the song that He gives in the night hour. There's nothing like the victory that Jesus gives us. But you've been distant for so long. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't left you. He's the glory and the lifter of your head, but there's a distance. You've been away. You've been away for so long. And there's a cry in your heart. And there's a desire, oh God, hear my cry, oh God, attend to my prayer. Hear me, Lord. Thank God He hears me and He hears you. Thank God He hears every individual in this room. He's waiting on your cry. And He longed one mark of David Above all of them, I believe is the greatest is the longing for the presence of the Lord. Oh, brothers and sisters, may there be a longing and a passion and a thirst for the presence of the Lord. If you pray for anything, pray that God would give you a deep and longing desire for His presence. For Him, from the ends of the earth, and I see David away at the back end of the wilderness. I see him at a place where his heart is broke. I see him at a place where there's tears that he's wept. I see him at a place where his heart is heavy. I see him at a place where he knows the enemy. It looks as though he even has won the day. And in the midst of that, he lifts up his heart and he lifts up his voice and he begins to cry aloud. That's the sense of, of the Hebrew. He begins to cry aloud. Oh God, hear my cry. And you've cried. Brother or sister or friend, you've cried. It's been distant. It's been a long time. You, you want the presence of the Lord, but you find yourself at the back end of a desert, as, as it were. You find yourself being pursued by the enemy and the things that are around you and the circumstances are so dark. And there's the pursuit of the enemy, but in your heart, there is a cry. He says, when my heart is overwhelmed, it was a real prayer. It was a real life. It was an open book. It tells us the truth. It just wasn't an outward thing on a Sunday. It was a real life. Really lived for God. The highs and the lows, the failures and the sin and the victories. But His mercy and His faithfulness was with Him. And he says, my heart is overwhelmed. And that's the thought, that's the, the, the impression that I got this morning as I woke in the middle of the night. There's a heart and it's overwhelmed. The idea, this word overwhelmed, and as I began to dig into it for a few moments, the idea in the Hebrew brings us to this of a shroud, that which is used to wrap a dead body. It's like darkness coming over your mind and over your soul. It's like a wave. It's like a cloud of darkness that just falls upon your heart. You become overwhelmed with the sense of this darkness. On the outward, it might all look fine. It might look all look together. But there's a real sense. There's a darkness that's come over your soul. That's what it means to be overwhelmed. That's what it means to come to a place where, where, where your soul, it seems as though something has fallen over you. A depression, they call it in modern terms. But it's a spiritual condition. It's a spiritual thing. David would pray often about being overwhelmed. It just wasn't this time. 
He said in Psalm 143 and verse 3, For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has smitten my life down to the ground. He has made me to dwell in darkness. As those that have been long dead, he was in a place where it was deep, where it was dark. He says in verse 4, Therefore my spirit overwhelmed within me, my heart within me is desolate. This is, this is the psalmist. This is the giant killer. This is the one that's seen the great victories, the desire for the heart of God. But here he's being real. He's opening up his heart. And it's written for us to read. He says, My spirit has been overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. There's some poor soul in this room. There's some brother or sister that's in the depths of despair. And David says in Psalm 124, the waters have overwhelmed us. The streams have come over our souls. It's like a stride. It's like a cloak of darkness that falls. In Psalm 102, the title of the psalm is a prayer of the afflicted when he is overwhelmed. And he poureth out his complaint before the Lord. And he cries and says, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, listen carefully, when my heart is overwhelmed, when the darkness falls across my soul and my mind, when I'm driven into the backside of the desert, when the enemy pursues me, with all the ferocious hell and demonic activity that he can. When my heart is overwhelmed, David says, lead me to the rock. There's a way out of the dark, the darkness. There's a rock that is higher than your circumstances. It's higher than you. It's higher than the devil. It's higher than the demonic activity. It's higher than depression. There's a rock this morning in a weary land and his name is Jesus. Lead me to the rock that is higher. There is a place, friend, listen. Lead me. And you can see the shepherd. You can see the shepherd, the great shepherd. Not David the shepherd, but now you can see the great shepherd. He hears the cry of the lamb that's in the backside of the desert. And the darkness has covered him and the enemies pursuing him. And he said, hear my cry, O God. Tend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me. And we see the shepherd, Jesus. He comes. He hears the frail cry of the lamb. He identifies the lamb. He knows his sheep. He knows his sheep. They know his voice. I know them. They follow me. And he hears the cry of the lamb and the great shepherd comes. And he's able to dig us out of the thorns and the briar and the depths and the, and the ditches that we get ourselves into, don't we? He hears the cry. There's a rock. There's a place. And he tenderly guides the trembling soul to a rock that's safe and secure. Friend, this morning there's something and someone that's greater than all your problems. His name is Jesus. There's a rock of ages that clasps from me. There's a place of refuge. And what brings the assurance of the sustaining grace and delivering power of all of this, I want you to listen carefully. You know what it is? David recalls the past testimonies of God's delivering power in his life. Has he ever delivered you before? 
Think about it, friend. I'm talking to that soul that's in that grip of darkness. Has God ever delivered you before? Has God been faithful? Has His mercy endured? Is He good? What brings that insurance, assurance of a sustaining grace and delivering power is the past testimonies of God's delivering power in our lives and God's sustaining grace. They're both essential. Listen carefully, because as Pentecostals, sometimes we think it's only deliverance. Just get me out of this. I don't want to be in the storm. Just get me out of the trouble. But the amazing thing is the sustaining grace of God to bring you through the storm. He brings us through. How do we make it through? How did you get through? When you look back over your life as a believer and the trials and the difficulties and all the things that have happened, how did you make it through? God's amazing grace. He brings us through, doesn't He? Doesn't God bring us through trials? Look at your life this morning. You don't deserve it, but mercy, faithfulness, God's sustaining grace has brought you through the storms. Anyone been through a storm? The winds and the waves. Remember years ago, I know I've shared it many times, and there's a few people certainly been through the same experience, but years ago, when we were traveling back from New Orleans, and we had to stay an extra week, Nicky, had a, an ear infection, was stayed on. And we had to get that flight back. And, you know, just over that, around the southern states, you hear about all the hurricanes and the winds and the climate and everything else. And we got away up into that plane and Jack was about four, five. All he was interested in was just a glass of Coke. We're sitting on the plane and we're up in the air and the pilot comes on and he says, just want to let you know there's a huge storm up ahead. But I've requested that we can go round the storm. So I just went, thank you, Lord. We're going round the storm. Well, about five minutes later, he comes back on again. He says, oh, ladies and gentlemen, just let you know, our traffic control have said we can't change our course. We're going through the storm. Now, when you see stewardesses and stewards running with their wee trolleys and all Jack was interested in, am I not getting my coke? That's all he was interested in. Do you know why? Because he was sitting with his mummy and daddy. He didn't sense the trouble. He didn't sense the fear. Because he trusted. There was a simplicity. And so we begin to enter into the storm. And the old plane, a few of you have been through these type of storms. And the old plane just begins to rock a wee bit. But then, friends, I'm going to tell you, I, I don't exaggerate it this morning. I don't know how that plane stayed together. It went up, it went down. Men began to cry. Men were squealing. Women were squealing. That was just me and Nicky. No, it wasn't us. <laughs> The whole place, the tears, all Jack was interested in. I might not get my coke. And we started to head into that storm. And all we could do as believers was hold hands, begin to pray in tongues, and believe the Lord. Somehow we might make it through this. Somehow we're going to make it home. Somehow God and His mercy will preserve our lives because that's what it felt like. I'm just telling you what it was like. 
as the plane began to rock. Women were weeping and crying. Fear was all over those stewardesses as they were belted in. And we just prayed. We said, Lord, would you bring us through? Sometimes you have to go through the storm. Friends, sometimes we have to go through the storm. Sometimes the storm's right ahead and we might ask the captain of our souls, Lord, is there any way we can go around this? Is there any way that you can cause me not to have to face this? Is there another way we can do it? And sometimes the message comes back and he says, we're going through. But I want to tell you something. If he says you're going through, you're going through. The sustaining grace of God in our lives will bring us through. You might be in the very depths. You might be in the very depths of a storm in your life. But I know somebody is. Or I wouldn't have been waking to three this morning to bring this word. And you know what he begins to think about? God's past deliverances. He begins to remember what God has done for him in the past. Because you know what he says next? He says, for thou has been a shelter for me, verse 3, and you have been a strong tower from the enemy. Do you know what he's actually doing at this moment in a metaphorical sense? You remember the children of Israel when they come through the Jordan? And then they were told to go back in and get the stones, the testimonies, and bring the, the stones out of the river and lay them up for their children. So when their children ask you, what meaneth these stones? What he's actually doing is he's beginning to bring the testimonies of his life in the past, and he's bringing them out of the river. You've got a testimony, not just of a saving, but his keeping power. How many times has he come through for you? How many times has he provided when you had nothing in the cupboards? How many times has he made a way when there was no way? How many times has he provided a job when you had no job? How many times has he touched you in your mind or in your body when you were sick and you were diseased? How many times has he done it? And so he begins to pull the stones out of the river and he thanks God for his delivering power. He thanks God for his keeping power. He thanks God that he brought him through in past battles that God has been faithful. He's been faithful. And as he begins to remember that, you can see faith. See what happens is faith begins to rise in our hearts. As we begin to see you know what happens to the mountains, the mountains become smaller. Because we're remembering he's a God that makes mountains melt. The giants that come, all of a sudden they look like dwarfs because we're not looking at the giants and we're not looking at the mountains. We're looking at the mighty victor. We're looking at him this morning that is seated on the throne and he's above everything and he's our great deliverer. He's faithful. And so he begins to remember what God has done. You've been my shelter. You've been my strong tower from the enemy. He remembers the time. He goes back to the time when Saul sought out to destroy him. And we find David. you know where he is? This man anointed, spirit of God upon him, the giant killer, the anointing of God. Friends, we pray for the anointing of God to be upon all our lives for the work of God. But with the anointing comes a price, comes a cost and can come trials and difficulties, and all those things will come. And there he is in a cave, King David. 
anointed to be king after God's heart. How could a man after the heart of God be in a cave? In our Western mentality, we think all is well, all is fine. We don't have to have any troubles, any trials. It's the persecuted church away over on the other side of the world. But here in our little comfort zone, we don't have any battles or any trials. Friends, that's all about the change. It's all about the change. And there he is in the cave. And his brethren and all his father's house were with him. You know what it says in Psalm 57? It says, Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge. Until these calamities be overpassed, I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy. And God will send forth His truth. My soul is among the lions. How honest is this? I'm in amongst the lions. The lions are around me. The lions, the demonic powers. My soul is among the lions. I lie even among them that are set on fire. Even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows. Their tongue is a sharp sword. Be thou, nobody says in the midst of that. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens and let your glory above the earth. My heart is fixed, oh God, my heart is fixed. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sing and I'm going to praise the Lord. This is a man that's after the very heart of God. In Psalm 91, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. There's a place under the shadow of the Almighty. He says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, He's my strength. He's my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. There's a place that you can find. A place where you're covered. A place where His presence is everything. In the storm. In the den. Amongst the lands. In the trial. In the storm. There's a place where you can be covered. Lord, who shall abide in your tabernacle? The psalmist said in chapter 15. Who shall dwell in your holy hill? Who finds the rest in place? Is what it says. Listen carefully. He that walk uprightly. He that worketh righteousness. He that speaks truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue. Nor doeth evil to his neighbor. Nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. The Bible says... That's the ones that can abide in His tabernacle. They're trusted in the covering of His wings. They're hiding under the shadow of His wings. David says, Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until the calamities overpass. You've been a help to me, he says in Psalm 63. Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. He says in Psalm 91, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thy trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor by the arrow that flieth by day. There's a place of refuge. There's a place of covering. And brothers and sisters, we're going to need to know about this place. 
Because that's the place we're going to have to abide in in these days in which we're living. These are tremendous days. These are awesome days. These are days of great change. These are days where everything is failing around us. But there's a place for the church of Jesus Christ. And it's in the covering. Shut in with God. David says in verse 5 of Psalm 61, I want you to listen. Coming to a close in a few moments, but I want you to listen to this. You see, here's a man or a woman that's so distant. They're away at the backside of a desert. The darkness has come. The enemies pursued them. There's a cry in their hearts. There's like a, there's like a cloak has come over you, but in your heart, you know that you're not in the place with God that even that you once were. You used to be in that place. You know, you know in your heart of hearts, you're his, you belong to him, but it's so distant now. And it has been like that. There's actually someone here, it's been like that for years. It's been like that for a long time. It's been years. There's been a distance. You belong to him. But for such a long time, there's a distance and there's, there's a cloud and there's a darkness and there's a cry in your heart. And it seems like the lions have come around you and it seems like the pursuit of the enemy is all against you. And in your heart, you're saying, hear my cry, O God. Would you tend to my prayer? Would you hear me when I cry? David goes through this great psalm, but then he comes to this place in verse 5 and he says, For thou, O God, you have heard my voice. We, we make vows to the Lord. We say things to the Lord. We tell God things in our prayer. We're sincere about it. But sometimes we forget those things that we have said. Sometimes we forget the promises that we have made. Sometimes we forget the times when we have presented ourselves to the Lord and we have said, Lord, I'm going to vow to you today, Lord, that I'm going to live my life for, for you as we sung that wonderful song at the start. Whatever the cost, and you've given that life and that heart and, and that's been your genuine desire. And you might have forgot about it. What you said and the vow that you made. Can I tell you something? God hasn't forgotten. Oh God, He says, you've heard my voice. You've heard my desires. You've heard the things that I've said to you. I'm at the backside of a desert. It is dark and, it's, and it seems so isolated, but I'm crying on to you and you've heard my voice. God begins to bring to his remembrance the things that he vowed to the Lord. I wonder sometimes when we make these vows to the Lord and then when the going gets difficult, now we forget what we said and what we prayed. When we're on the mountaintops and God has blessed us and He's brought us through and He's given us strength and He's delivered us and He's provided for us and He's done everything for us and mercy was there and faithfulness was there and God has never failed us. And we know that. And in the good times we say, God, this is it. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going all out for God. I'm going to give my life. I'm going to serve Him. Wherever He sends me, I'll go. Whatever He asks me to do, I'll do I lay everything on the altar and we sing the songs and we lift our hands and we kneel at our seats and we say, God, whatever. And then the trials come and the storms come and the enemy comes and the wilderness comes and all the powers of hell come and we find ourselves at the backside of a desert and we forget what we said. We forget the life that we said we're going to live and so quickly we're fickle, aren't we? Aren't we? 
We forget the promises we made. We forget the, the dedication we give. We forget the sanctifying work of the Holy Ghost and the commitment we made to God. And now there's a distance. Now there's a distance in our hearts. There's a distance between us and God. He hasn't left because He's faithful. But now He begins to bring to our memory, Oh Lord, I've said I'd follow You. Lord, I said no matter the cost, no matter the cost, what did you say to the Lord? What vow did you make? And now you're at a distant place. Can I tell you something, friend? God is so merciful. God is so gracious. And God is so kind. And you know what? God doesn't come into this room this morning with a huge big stick and he's going to beat us all up. But he comes tenderly and gently and he brings their remembrance. Remember what you said. Remember the promise you made. Now I'll give you the grace and the power and the ability to live that life. He comes to warm the heart. He comes to fan the flames. He comes to restore the backslidden. He comes to heal the broken heart. He comes to drive back the darkness. He comes to dispel the enemy. He comes to lift up our heads. He comes to put a fresh fire in our bones. He comes to restore the love and the joy of our salvation. He comes to set us on fire for Him. He comes again. Why? Because He's so faithful. Isn't He faithful? If He was to mark our transgressions, which of us would stand? He's so merciful. He deals with us according to His mercy. Not what we deserve. If we get what we deserve, there's not one of us are going to be here. But He deals with us in His mercy. We might have forgot, but He hasn't. And so He comes and He gently reminds us again of this life that He has for us. There's a powerful prophetic word in the midst of Psalm 61. Time won't give us the ability to go through it, but he says, Thou will prolong the king's life, and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare mercy and truth, which shall preserve him. Actually, what, what David is actually referring to is Christ. He's referring to an everlasting kingdom. He's referring to something beyond that he can even comprehend himself. God says, you will build me a house and I will establish your throne. Your throne, David, forever. There'll be one on the throne forever. And it's not David, it's Jesus. And he has a glimpse of that which is the prophetic and the eternal in the midst of being in a place where he's crying out unto God. The greatest revelations, I believe, often come are not on the mountaintops, but are in prison houses and they're in valleys. And in the places of storms, the greatest revelation, he comes walking on the water in the storm. He comes to those that are standing in the fiery furnace. There's a fourth man. He comes in the lands, dens when the lands, mouths are shut and preserves his people. The greatest revelation often comes of Christ, not on the mountain tops, but in the tribulations. And I believe the greatest revelation that's going to come of Jesus Christ is in these last days. God's people that are reserved, that have been preserved, there's a people across this land, 
Not in denominational sense, but those that are washed in the blood, they love Jesus. They're named, they're named by Him. They've got the stamp of Christ and the marks of Christ upon them. And the greatest revelation in the last days and the tribulation and all that's going on is a revelation of Jesus in the midst of His people. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish His kingdom forever. It is awesome what happens in the depths often of despair. In Psalm 72, verse 11, David writes and says, Yea, all kings shall fall down before Him. All nations shall serve Him. I love this. For he shall deliver the needy when he cries, the poor also, and him that hath no helper. He shall spare the poor and the needy. He shall save the souls of the needy. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence. Precious shall their blood be in his sight. He shall live, and to him shall be given of the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually, and daily shall he be praised. There shall be a handful of corn in the earth upon the tops of the mountains, and fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon, and they of the city shall flourish like the grass of the earth. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him, and all nations shall be called, shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. The throne and the King. There's one on the throne this morning. Whoever liveth to make intercession. Do you know who for? The saints. Mercy and truth. Nobody closes out with how God can turn something around. So I will sing Praise unto thy name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. Lord, see what I said I would do? I'm going to do it. So what about the storm? So what about the devil? So what about what they say, or what she says, or what the other crowds say? So what, Lord? I'm going to live my life for Jesus. Friend, this morning there's someone or someones that are in this house. I believe that the Lord is speaking to you. I really don't know who you are, but I know God knows who you are. And the reality is that you find yourself distant, far, in a place that's dark. And you've been so distant from the presence of the Lord for such a long time. You've been so distant from Him. Yes, you might have been busy. Yes, you might go to church. Yes, you might sing the songs. Yes, you might do all those things. Yes, you might be a preacher. Yes, you might be a musician. Yes, all those things. You do all the outward things. But for so long, you know, and God knows. That's all that matters. There's been a distance. But you know, there's a longing in your heart this morning. You're saying, God, I need your presence. I can't keep living like this. God, I need you to drive back this cloak that has fallen over me. 
You know all he's waiting for? He's waiting for your cry. He's waiting for your cry. Lord. Lord, I'm dumb with this. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I can't live like this anymore. I can't battle this darkness. I can't keep going on. Lord, I need your presence. Hear my cry. Tend unto my prayer. I want to tell you, friend, this morning, he's as close as the mention of his name. All he requires of you is to call out Jesus. I remember the vows that I've made. I take my heart and seal it afresh and fill me with your presence. Because there's nothing, friends, in this world, not a new building, and I thank God for it, not a new building, but the presence of the Lord. That's the everything. Let's pray.